Hi, I'm Rich Fournier, and in this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Christopher Invidiata, a powerhouse real estate agent and the team leader of the Invidiata team that is based out of Oakville, Ontario, about what it really takes to become the number one REMAX team in the entire world. Now, Christopher is one of the few REMAX agents to ever receive the Circle of Legends Awards, and he was recently appointed to the Board of Regents, an exclusive membership of who's who in the luxury real estate market. One interesting note is that the Invidiata team consistently produces over 400 million annually in sales. You won't want to miss his insights on faith, family, and growing a world-class real estate team. Here we go. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to the Academy. Well, hello, everybody. Rich Forney here from the Peak Results Academy podcast, and I'm so excited today to have a very special guest on this episode. I'm introducing you to, um, well, an icon in the real estate industry, Christopher Invidiata from Remax About Town in Oakville. Christopher, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Before we get started, Christopher, I do want to maybe give a bit of a background about you and your past accomplishments, because I really want our audience to understand um, understand a little bit about your background, because what you've accomplished in the real estate world is extremely rare, and I think they need to understand that part of your life. Is that okay? Absolutely. So before real estate, I was in the, um, the fashion world. I had um, been working in the clothing industry for over three years, importing and distributing clothes from Italy and Germany. And prior to that, I was also in the jewelry business and the leather goods. So we were manufacturers. And so my whole life was evolved around fashion and design prior to real estate. And um, I was uh, a new father, nine months with uh, my daughter. I was in uh, Edmonton this one day and the phone rang and my wife said, hey, Shay's just about to stand up. She's holding herself up. I thought to myself, I don't want to be in the glamour of fashion versus missing my wife and my my daughter growing up so i thought i've got to find another vocation that would allow me to stay at home and and prioritize my life god first family second work third in that order and i thought okay well what what could i do that would would allow me to do that and my father was a medical doctor and i asked him i said what do you think and he goes well you really love people and you're good salesman and that seems to be your your calling so Rather than selling suits to Harry Rosen, why don't you sell a, a million-dollar office building or a house, and it would be roughly the same commission, or if not more. So I thought, okay, I'm going to look into real estate. And lo and behold, I went to Canada Trust. was my first foray for six months. And uh, it was kind of funny because the broker said to me, um, you know, welcome to Canada Trust, and he showed me what they do. And I told him I, I don't work on Sundays. And he said, well, why, why not? He said, that's my family day, God's day. So I said, is that going to be a problem? He goes, I don't work on Sundays either. So I thought, okay, that's good. So as long as we're clear on that, I, I joined the real estate industry with Canada Trust. And six months into it, 
I had a um, situation happen with Canada Trust that made me decide that I've got to find a better way of doing real estate. And when I heard about Remax, it was kind of the maverick at the time. It, it was, you know, a, a, a platform for us to be entrepreneurs, pay our own way and make our own decisions. And I thought, you know what, this, this would suit me. So I went to Remax after six months and 35 years later, I'm still there. You've had an extraordinary career. Um, I remember maybe 15 years ago driving down Lakeshore in Oakville and my wife and I had maybe 16 years ago, we had just gotten married. We actually moved to Oakville, lived on Reynolds, downtown Oakville. Oh, nice. And I remember seeing your signs and they were always super classy. And I thought, man, what would it be like to be like that? I didn't know you at the time. I, I saw your name. But watching you and watching what you've produced over the years has just been extraordinary to watch. I mean, you've sold some of the most expensive real estate in the world in Oakville. Well, we, we, we're blessed to live on this little uh, hamlet so close to Toronto. And it's, I always compare Oakville to Greenwich, Connecticut. It's kind of the, the bedroom community to New York is Greenwich. And the same thing, Oakville's a bedroom community for Bay Street with all the financial people. So it, it really is a little coveted spot uh, in Canada, I think. It's one of the best little communities. I mean, I mean, there's so much competition out there today. And this podcast is about trying to delve deep within the mind of people who have achieved a peak result. And there's so much competition out there. But, I mean, you've achieved... Some amazing results. Number one Remax team worldwide in 2011 and 2013. You, you achieved number two worldwide with Remax. Those are extraordinary results. Well, it's all on teamwork. And I have to say, the, when I first started into the business, I was really uh, focused on my skills with the clients. And I, I really was not a big computer guy. So I thought, how am I going to? leverage myself in what I do and so from day one I created a system that I was able to explain to the clients and then I would have my person who was working for me execute the work on the back end so everything that we did was systems driven and as we started to do our first sales I was so thankful for for having the having my first sales I started taking clients for dinner and thanking them and just from a pure heart and after that they started referring me to their friends and, and family and next thing you know I'm growing and I'm growing because of my gratitude and at the end of the day I thought you know what I'm going to start hiring more people to to really service the people that I've now have under me as assistants and so in 10 years we grew to five assistants and I think at the time we we're doing about 20 million dollars from 85 to 96 and I just, I couldn't be in any one more appointment after, you know, the, the amount of hours you put in a day. And I thought I got to find a better way than me being the Christopher and Vidiata salesperson. So I attended one of the Remax conferences after 10 years. I always thought the conferences were for, for drunks and wife cheaters. And I thought this is not for me. So I, I took my wife down. I took my dad down. We checked into the hotel. And uh, I never came back. I was so impressed with the, the knowledge and the learning and the sharing and the caring of Remax's organization that I discovered what teams were all about while I was down there. And I thought, you know what? <clears throat> this seems to be the future. 
I'm going to convert, I'm going to fire Christopher and become a team as opposed to an individual. Now, you're probably one of the first in Canada to go down that road. It, it was a little bit ahead of the curve. You're right. And it was uh, used a lot against me, I have to say. You know, from the early days, the competition would say, well, you'll never see Christopher again. And, you know, he's too busy. And, and so eventually, they, the whole process of me becoming a better mentor to my team members, to make them better than me, literally, was my objective, to make them um, to understand the ethos of my philosophy of loving people, caring for them, uh, making sure that there's uh, things that we do that they were not expecting, to give them that aha moment and that, that I call it a love mark actually. When you when you can leave that on your client, it, it it lasts for a long time. You know, you don't talk like a real estate agent. <laughs> well, the the reality is we're we're in the people business and we need to focus on the relationships in order to succeed because if you if you're not focused on the relationship with your clients you're going to be miserable lonely and even if you make a lot of money it just it's you don't have the rewards of the of that interpersonal relationship with uh, people you serve gratitude you mentioned gratitude I, I wrote that down and you said initially you were very grateful for the opportunity you were grateful to do a deal how much of a part of your life would you say gratitude has? Is, is, I mean, is that driven the business for you? I think it truly has because the, um, here, here's the thing. If you're, if you're doing things to thank people as the giver, you're the one receiving most of the rewards because you get all the accolades coming back. So once you start realizing that your true gratitude attitude gives you that, um, that place of joy and the place of um, serving, really, we're at a new level. I believe the, the, those, those impressions that you leave on people are, are things they talk about, things they remember. Most people don't remember what you say, but they remember how they make you feel. That's the big thing. My mom was with a lot of life, and she said that to me when I was growing up. They will always remember how much you cared. Right, exactly. And I, and I think in times like this, this is where you start to realize that we are all interdependent on each other. And if you haven't built those relationships through and through, in times like this, people don't really know you. They don't, they don't understand you. So um, all, all those years of being a giver and, 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 and being loyal to the people that we've served is now starting to pay back, as, as it always has every year. And how many people do you have on your team now, Christopher? So we're 20 agents. Uh, which is a good number for us. Um, and also we're about nine support people. So just around 30 people in total. And is there, and now are you always looking to expand that or are you happy at that level? Um, we're, we're looking at different ways of expanding. So our, our brand is now in a position where it's recognized and, and we're looking at different markets to open up into and also to share our philosophy with others through our systems that we've created. Well, there's a berry market up here that would be open to that. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one of the questions that we, um, that I, I talked to a lot of agents and agents up here, lead generation online um, has um, really, changed how people interact with agents and how agents are meeting new people um, is 
um, client acquisition online, is that a strategy for you and your organization? Well, the, there's no escaping the, the internet and the, the different means that people find you. I, I think the, it's all wonderful. It, I, I even think what's happening now is going to forge a new path for realtors as a whole to learn how to become more interdependent on technology, understand its benefits, understand its woes as well. You've got to be careful that you're, you're not just jumping in with both feet. But at the same time, I do believe that the path of technology will bring more people to you. And it's still our job to pick and choose clients as well. So we've, we, as much as the, you're being interviewed, I think we have also a duty to interview potential clients, especially if you're thinking about a long-term relationship. That's right. Now, you, I mean, you've been around, what, 25 years now? 35. 35. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Um, how do you remain so committed to this process? Um, because the, you know competition um, is growing, and how do you stay so committed and focused on creating an experience for your clients? That's a, it's a great question, and and you know I I I focus on I was simple saying too I, I love people, and when you're in a process of serving clients at that level it's really not work that you're doing it's it's the passion of creating the the service excellence that really fulfills you at the end of the day and money is just a byproduct of that as well so um when you can capture through the experiences of your service joy in doing it it creates a whole new level for you because you're excited about your service that you're employing because it gives people joy when they, when they complete their transactions. And I always remember coming home late at night doing a deal and my wife would be asleep at 12 o'clock. Hey, guess what? We just did a deal. Because it's a high. It's yep. selling, working for people on the real estate is one of the most important aspects of their life you'll ever be involved in. So knowing that, I, I have to, I use, sometimes use my father as a comparison. As a house doc, as a medical doctor, he delivered 2,000 babies. Wow. And I used to go to the houses with him as a little kid to see his patients. And I remember how much they loved him. So I thought, you know, it, once you pour your heart into it and you actually make relationships out of each person, you're in their home, you're at their kitchen table, you know their kids, you, you know their dog, you know. So all of a sudden you become intertwined in, in their life and they take you on their journey all the way through. When you... Like, I, it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Christopher, that you're not focused on the transaction at all. You're focused no. on, from what it sounds to me, you're focused on an, exper an experience, or creating an experience for a client that they cannot get anywhere else. Right. So I'm going to tell you a little story about my first time with Canada Trust. I was door knocking on a street called Byron in Southeast Oakville because that's what the manager said you should do. Just door knock and hand out the CMA certificates. So I did that. And the last house literally on the hall walk, the lady you know, said, you know, I said to her, Here, here's the certificate. Would you like a CMA? And she goes, yes. Whereas everybody else was saying no. I, and I said to her, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. I go, I don't even have a pen. Can, do you have a pen? She goes, sure. She handed me a pen. I wrote down her name and number, um, went back to the office, started working on a CMA report for her house. And I met her at her house with her husband, who was a big, big 
truck driver guy, like really, he was looking at me with those eyes going, don't get too close to my wife. You know, he had that look like, mm. I'm like, don't worry, no, no problem here. So, and he, he, I said to him, what would you like to, to do if you sell your home? And he goes, I'd like to buy on the lake. I thought, wow, that's great. So I didn't know anything about the lake. So I, I went back to the office and I went to the town of Oakville, got all the, the planning maps, and I put in five years of data into the mapping program, all the solds, all the actors, went to see him. We showed him one property for 810000 he, he put an offer in conditional on selling his house. And sure enough, as luck would have it, the agent called me to say, look at there's a backup offer that's just come in on this property. You need to firm up or let it go. So I went to Warren and I said, listen, you either have to firm up or let it go. And he said, well, I just bought my partner out of the trucking company and I don't have the, the funds or I'm afraid of risking doing too much if I, if, I, if I buy this property. And I said, well, then you should let it go. Just there, there's no, no discussion. And he goes, Really? Is that what you're suggesting? I go, absolutely. You don't, why would you take that risk? He goes, well, I really appreciate that. And I go, no problem. There'd be something else. So I go back to the office and I give in the mutual lease to the broker. And she gives me up and down a thrashing, just saying, you know what? You, you should have pushed him into the deal. You, you know how much money you lost? And I said, no, I don't, because I don't think of money as, as part of my my thought process, if it's not good for him, it's not good for me. And she goes, well, I st suggest strongly that you start. And I said, well, that's not the way I think or the way I feel. And that's when I went to Remax. I left Canada Trust because of that, wow. that, you know, that situation, really. So, And that client stayed with me for over 25 years. I sold them another lakefront property. We divided the lot into three. I ended up building a home firm as well, sold another lakefront like bought a farm with him and we're still friends. So to me, being honest and, and truthful pays dividends in the long run. It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. Exactly, exactly. And it makes you feel good. And it, listen, we're building a brand individually as well. So all the things that you do and say, build your character and build your, your, your reputation. You know, over the last say since 2008, 2009, the industry seems to have been so focused on transactions and it's, it seemed to be such a fast moving market where the only thing that mattered was transactions. And right. I, my impression, not you, but as, as an industry, and my impression as we get through this COVID challenge, we're gonna have a wash in the industry and the people that operate the right way right now, it will pay dividends in the future. Oh, no question about it. I, I, I think if your heart is not in the business and it's your mind trying to make money, you will not enjoy this next period that we're going through. You, you won't have the endurance. Like you won't have the, the inner strength to do what's needed to get up in the morning, to, to be a good agent, to do the right thing, even though it's really hard. And like life's funny. Like when things are needed most, they show up. And I, and I believe that. So um, even though we're going through this rough period, if you're faithful to your cause and you're, you're focused on what you're doing, the business will be there for you. Do you have personal habits that you adhere to every single day to keep yourself at a 
in a good mental state, Christopher? Uh, I do. I, I have a um, gratitude moment in the morning. I, I, I have a prayer and I go through what I call a death experience where I ask God to allow me to die to myself, forgive me for what I've done. And I ask to be born again today as the first day of my life. And so today is a new day for me. Everything else is yesterday and now in the moment, it's all good. No matter what today is, it is the moment that we live in. And so for me, I live every day as my first day of my life. That's beautiful. Yeah. It really is. Um, and how, kind of threw me there for a second. Um, but then after my prayer set, my meditation and prayer, I do uh, body compression exercises to music, kind of like yoga in a way. So I do body flexing and body compression. Like a rebounder? Uh, no, I, I, lie, I lie down doing it and I, I squeeze my entire body starting with my feet, my shins, my legs, my thighs, my butt, my gut, um, my core, my chest, my arms, and I hold it for at least, it gets harder, but if you do it for 30 seconds, then you do it for a minute, you get up to two minutes, and listen to music while you're doing it, so it, it's pleasurable, it's, it's actually, it brings you into a beautiful state, plus you get a full body workout without the, the stress of weights on your body. It's a great idea, I know Tony Robbins has a lot of rebounding, and, uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, and he believes in the compression of the cell, um, yeah. which uh, he believes keeps him extremely healthy. When, yeah. you, when you look at, and you have seen so many agents, and by the way, I so appreciate you sharing some of these personal items of your life. It's, it's, you're giving us a glimpse into who people have to become to produce at a good level. For sure. I, I always say this too. If you were to be a billionaire, you had all the money in the world, yeah. and, and money wasn't an issue, what are the things that you would be doing in your life, in your personal life, that would make you happy, make you healthy, and make you enjoy your life? I say to people, plan those first. Fill up your calendar with the things day by day, week by week, month by month that bring you happiness and joy, and fill up your calendar. Um, even put four vacations a year in the calendar as well. And at the end of that, when you add up your time, that's only 20% of your entire calendar. So if you, then you said to yourself, what vocation do I want to be in? What, are, what am I really passionate about? And if it's about serving people in real estate, then you can say, okay, what, what are the key aspects of my day-to-day -day work that bring me dollar productive activities? And then you put those into your calendar next. And then you do your pre and post work in your calendar as well. So you've literally structured your entire day and year around yourself, your family, and your faith first, and then your work second. And it sounds like on the work aspect, you're focusing on, for lack of a better word, money-making activities. So what gets me in front of someone today? Right. So if you take your calendar and you were to take eight hours and take 75% of those eight hours and, and put them into your calendar as dollar productive activities, and, and they're quite simple. If you're phoning people, that's the second highest level of communication. The first is meeting. Like if we actually physically meet, that's number one. Number two is the calling. 
So if you don't have call times in your calendar, you're missing one of the greatest inventions ever made. We're using it now. But the ability to communicate verbally is the second highest level of communication. So make sure that you have call times parked in your calendar as one of the priorities. I usually put them in the first thing in the morning. And if you say to yourself, if I could do three calls a day, just going through my database, by the end of the year, you'd be, more, you'd be so busy, you wouldn't even know what to do with yourself. It's that discipline of making time for that that matters. And, and even, then we, even in the world of text and video, phoning? Well, you, we're doing FaceTime right now. So if you can do FaceTime with people, it, it's great. Um, especially now in this new world that we're in with the, the lack of uh, being able to physically meet. Uh, FaceTime is wonderful. So I, I would say if you can engage people with the vid video and phone, it's the best. No question about it. When you look at the industry as a whole, the, you know, I'm assuming every industry is similar, but real estate has its uniqueness for sure. Yeah. Um, what separates um, somebody who's performing at a high level versus somebody who is just getting by and eventually leaves the business. Like, what are those characteristics that you've seen with other successful agents globally? Because you're tied into a different level of agent globally. Yeah. So when you are starting to build a team, which, you know, can happen when it's three people, five people, your paradigm has to shift to want to become a we-minded person meaning putting all of your team members ahead of you and, so, and, and taking pleasure in their success. When you have that mindset of people that join you being successful because of you and through you and for you, that's the fuel that keeps you up in the morning. That's the fuel that makes you proud as a, as a team leader that one of my agents who started here in support is making over 500,000 a year in less than three years. That's a great accomplishment for us, both of us. And I said to him, I said, when, you, when he started going out, I said, if, if you will listen and apply what you're going to hear, we'll both have fun and, and we'll, we'll review everything you're doing, but we'll, we'll have fun doing it while, while you're trying new ideas. So it becomes a partnership with each member of the team. It sounds like you're talking about purpose-driven leadership. Like, oh, for sure. Like really focus on other people and leading through them exactly and we we do goal setting with every agent as well yeah. so your your year is now planned out jointly with myself we talk about it and we, we look at it and we determine you know whether the goal is realistic or not but the one this was actually one tip that came right from that first convention i remember one of the speakers saying ladies and gentlemen write down what you wrote you did last year in your business and everybody started scribbling it down. And they said, put a line through it, double it. And we do all doubled. Then you could hear the, the room go, oh. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, that's your five-year plan. And I thought, how brilliant is that? He goes, if every year you can do 20% more than you did last year, as an athlete lifting weights, you know that's possible. As an athlete, if you got double the weights that you're used to lifting and you tried to move them, you couldn't lift them, and which was true. So as we learn about growth, we learn that slow growth, planned growth, 
sustainable growth creates a healthy tree and and everybody's everybody's good with that growth too fast a growth it causes a lot of issues for the, the the individuals who are trying to run it for the support and it just becomes a bit of bedlam i mean you've been probably one of the most consistent professionals in the business for the entire time you've been in business i think you're averaging you said over 400 million in sales annually on average yeah every every year we try well it's been a challenge lately but uh, we're up for the challenge as well so um our our growth has been sustained through having really good people join the team like even now during this this down period i have a number of agents that are saying to me this might be a good time for us to work together because of your systems and because of your brand and because of the way you work as a team because it's not about christopher it's about the the nvidia you know process and the way we do it exactly so let's go down the COVID-19 road, if you're okay with that. Sure, sure. Because one of the questions I was going to ask you, if you were to start in real estate today, if COVID didn't exist, what would you do? But, you know, when you look at someone starting today in, in this environment, it's completely changed everything. Right, except one thing. We have to remember this too. Um, when it comes to housing, it is a necessity. It's not an option. And so when we, when we step back and look at what we do for the public, we have to recognize that food and shelter are at the top of the list. And so when people are looking at their housing needs, they don't stop because of a virus. They continue. So once you understand that people have real needs and there's real concern, you're going to develop systems and methodology to keep people yourself and your staff first safe and then also the people that you're serving and then the public at large and the more that we understand about what this virus really is and its ability to mutate and its ability to uh, spread we have to be cognizant of what steps are we taking and what steps will we take to ensure safety is there um a way of communicating that is them watching what's happening out there today with some agents and you know they're they're still trying to sell is this the time to sell or is this the time to support your clients emotionally as much as you possibly can <laughs> yeah so you said an interesting word sell we're not really salespeople. if you think like a salesman this is this is a really going to be a bad time for you if you think as a consultant which is what our calling should be, you're going to have an ear to listen first and determine whether the need is a need or it's a want. And our industry has always been 30% of the market is necessity driven and 70% is want. Right now, the 70% of the market has been sidelined by the virus, but 30% of the market is still moving because it has to. There's people who have sold their properties, they need to buy or lease. There's closings that are coming up. So that's always been the case. 30% of our industry has always been moving. The water goes down, but it's still in the, it's still in the riverbed. I'd never heard the 70-30 um, breakdown before. That's the first time. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you'll see when it's a boom market, 
and especially when it's luxury real estate any any anytime you deal with properties that are over i'd say a million five two million it's really not a necessity it, it's really a luxury and so people spend their money for the on themselves in, in, in good times because they're rewarding themselves and, and why not if you've worked hard and you have the means to do it why not reward yourself with a beautiful home it's, it's a great investment and it gives you pleasure so there's there's a there's a philosophy that goes around that as well what doesn't who does an agent have to become on a daily basis to perform at that level is it like i just i see so many people come in and just don't get the traction like what is that magic holy elixir grail idea i think when you come to your desk and you really say to yourself i'm here to serve and how do i serve and how can i serve and what can i give to to my industry and, and the clients that i'm going to be serving right now the answers come very easily because it's selfless and when you when you think about what's happening out there today and if you were the the one to be shouting out that i'm here to help my community um, we can help with groceries we can help elderly people um, and you're making yourself available for the needs of others, your, your phone's going to start to ring. It's just, it's a natural outpouring. And more so than now than ever before, when you take the time to actually engage the clients that you've served in the past and, you, and just give them a call. And by calling them, they're, they're so thankful just to say, I'm glad you thought of me. Like, I really appreciate that. So it, it's just, it's a really, really good time actually to, embrace the challenge as a challenge, but not fear it as the ultimate outcome. Use it as a way of reaching out to your clients and reassure them that you're there for them and that you're committed to, uh, to helping wherever you can. And it's the intention behind what you're doing. And this totally. is super important. Yeah, 100%. Have to be genuine. All, all the time. What do you see happening with the market over the next six months to eight months? My long view is it's gonna be, my long view is it's two years. This, this is not gonna go away quickly. Okay. And so to think that we're gonna magically just all of a sudden this is over and we're back to business, I, I don't think it's gonna be like that. I think there's, there's gonna be a period where we will conquer the spread and we'll be going back to work normally. But there will always be caution. There will always be this concern that lingers, that there could be um, the covert uh, still around the corner. And nobody wants to be caught with that. No. So I, I think as we are entering into this new world, this new era, we're just going to have to be cognizant of, of this, this new reality and adjust accordingly. So I, I think it will be a good market. I think rates will stay low. I think support mechanisms will be in place. I think we'll see um, less agents than before. I think there's going to be a lot of agents that will leave the industry. And I think people that are looking for experienced realtors will benefit the most because we have a lot more knowledge to, to give and comfort to give to those that are looking for advice. When you look at this podcast is super interested in leaving someone with an actionable strategy, um, specifically in the real estate segment. 
I want to leave them with something, leave them with the three top things that you can tell someone that they have to be do to perform at a certain, at that high level. Who do they have to be? What do they have to do today, Christopher? Yeah. So I, I think when you, when you analyze yourself first, I think you have to be the best version of yourself. So that means, you know, being at peace with yourself, being in, being in good shape, being in, looking after yourself, making sure that you yourself are being, um, you're reflective of how you present yourself and how you are. So make sure that you're working on yourself during this uh, period, number one. Number two is to have a heart that is a giving heart, one that is reaching out to those that you're going to be communicating with. And you don't need to use uh, anything fancy. Just mentally tell yourself that you love these people and that your actions will follow. And then number three is to be proactive in, in calling the people that you are serving. And you'll find that just your outreach to them is going to ignite all sorts of opportunities that you wouldn't even know they're coming. Like, by, by just being there for people, you're going to find those doors of opportunity that they need at this time, they'll speak to you about. So you really won't have to do any asking. It'll just be being present for them to allow them to tell you what they need. Thank you so much for sharing some time with us today. Um, I don't want to get into tools, tips, tricks, systems, and strategies, because I think who you're being is the most important thing in this business and your intention behind it and the way you've delivered some of this information. Um, well, I'm very grateful for that. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Well, I hope, uh, I hope everybody stays safe and healthy. And those that are in the industry, remember it's a calling and it's, it's your vocation. And the more pleasure that you give to others, the more pleasure you give back. Thank you so much for giving us your time, Christopher. We, I know that once you give it, you don't get it back. Um, I appreciate it and our listeners will definitely appreciate it. So thank you very, very much. My pleasure. Take care. Have a great afternoon. You too. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. We'll chat soon.